Hello and welcome to Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan. And I'm Steve. Join us as we explore the 41st millennium in all its glory, as we talk narrative gaming, Warhammer lore and awesome hobby. From the grim dark corners of Imperial Hives to the outer reaches of Xenos infested space. Welcome to the Ashes of the Imperium. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Ashes of the Imperium. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by an inspirational hobbyist out there who's got a bit of a story to tell. We're joined by Heather and we're going to be talking about hobbying with a disability. Heather, welcome to Ashes of the Imperium. Thank you very much. Um, So you came to my attention when your Iron Hands were featured on Warhammer TV. I know, I was so proud. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, really impressive. And I think what's even more impressive is that you are a bit of an iron hand yourself are you not i am indeed the real iron hand um i am missing my left arm uh from about halfway between my elbow and my shoulder um so i do have a prosthetic uh so yes i'm the real iron hand there we go so uh what i wanted to kind of talk to you about today was a little bit about you as a hobbyist i guess um because this is a relatively relatively uh new bionic that uh to coin a, a 40k term if you don't mind <laughs> that's that's happened to you and so i guess we, i kind of wanted to talk about kind of life as a hobbyist before and maybe life as a hobbyist after and and how how it's maybe changed changed you physically and your approach to the hobby but also mentally and, and what the hobby means to you and uh, and how how that's kind of helped with your recovery it's your thing um so i guess my hobby story starts when i was oh i don't know six maybe seven and i was covetously eyeing up my big brother's harlequin troops that he'd painted and um i used to steal his white dwarf magazines and and you know look through all the the pages of fantasy and sci-fi stuff and then when i was old enough to uh, sort of approach the hobby myself um i started collecting bretonians rip um <laughs> <laughs> excellent choice too soon too soon it's still too soon is it? it some wounds will never heal <laughs> oh for, hashtag for the lady <laughs> absolutely um and i absolutely loved the the colors the heraldry um I was a bit of a role play nerd as well, so I had this whole backstory for my uh, Bretonian army, where the, there were four sons of the count, and they all had their own uh, proper heraldry with the cadency marks to show which son they were, and uh, I I fell in deep, and <laughs> um, I absolutely loved it. Never played a game, but was you know, I had this painted army that. I just absolutely adored and painted down to the detail of putting, I painted the horseshoes on, on the horses and yeah, it, it, it was just brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was such a, su- such a, a soothing hobby to do, you know, and planning out which night was going to have which transfer because I had custom transfers made. So after uh, Batonians, I, got into Dark Elves a little bit um, and bought a couple of boxes of uh, the Colbarn Riders, which I thought were cool. And I also was swayed into trying 40k. So I bought a box of Tau with the big battle suits and the 
fire warriors, etc. And then unfortunately, very shortly after that, I had my accident, um, which obviously put everything on hold for some time. So I was in hospital for a couple of months and obviously hobbying was a, the last thing at, at the you know, forefront of my mind while I was recovering. And it was probably about, it probably took me about five years to get to the point where I was ready to start trying to reclaim bits of me that I felt that I had lost. Um, so, you know, things like hobbying. Um, and when I had my amputation last year, I got my prosthetic arm. So then then I became the real Iron Hand. <laughs> you ascended. <laughs> You, you I did indeed. The, did you cross the Rubicon Primaris? I did, absolutely. Courtesy of the NHS, uh, I, <laughs> I crossed the that tr- Rubicon. The true heroes of the Imperium. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so then I thought, right, it's time to see if I can actually get back into uh, the hobby because um, it was one of the few sort of pastimes that I could realistically do with one arm. I played baseball for the Guildford Mavericks for 20 years and the baseball was probably a non-starter and definitely the guitar. I was terrible at guitar with two arms, so with one arm, (laughs) well, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference, who knows. I had just finished an archaeology degree and wanted to go into conservation, but again, awkward, one-handed, and I was feeling pretty down you know, felt that everything that I used to do that that made me cool, you know, the motorbike riding archaeologist, guitar player, gamer uh, had been taken away from me. I mean, I'm a big fan of motorbikes myself, uh, and clearly that's uh, potentially a sore subject given that was the uh, the, the part, part and parcel of, of what happened to you. But uh, has archaeology ever been cool? Of course it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Have you seen Tony Robinson? I mean, he uses sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) I jest. As a a history graduate myself, clearly, you know, very cool. Uh, History, modern rubbish, but I'll let it slide. (laughs) (laughs) The ginger stepchildren of uh, of archaeologists, historians. Um, So, yes, that's where I was, basically, just feeling a bit uh, low mentally, um, a bit rubbish, a bit like I'd kind of been left behind. Um, I wasn't sure what to do with myself. I'd, I'd moved to, um, I'd been exiled beyond the wall to the frozen north and moved to Aberdeen and was in a strange town where I didn't know anyone, didn't know what to do. Um, so I thought, well, I'll do another degree. I quite like the first one. So <laughs> I did museum studies, uh, which kept me out of trouble for two years. And then I graduated from that last November uh, and then found myself very much at a loose end and thought that perhaps if I could regain some level of hobbying, then I'd be able to make some friends through the the local Games Workshop store um, on gaming nights, etc. Uh, and I went, went along and they were running a, a, a programme for adults who hadn't played before to learn the game it was a like a four-week course just introducing things you know sporadically so that you could get used to the rules uh and i'd done uh, two of the weeks and then locked down <laughs> so timing as always is exquisite impeccable impeccable timing but i suppose having something to do that's a very indoorsy hobby 
um, if you're going to get into Warhammer, then perhaps it, it was the best time to get into it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't have said I was the greatest uh, outdoors woman uh, of my time, but being able to have something to to pass the time. I mean, I'm I'm a keen video gamer as well. I do uh, do spend a lot of my time playing mostly MMOs, which I can do with uh, my mouse has got twelve buttons under the thumb, um, so. I can remap everything to that. What mouse have you got? Because uh, I was just talking with a with a friend recently about a Rockat Nith, and he was lamenting its lack of availability these days. Oh, I I haven't heard of that. Um, I've got a Naga Trinity something or other, <laughs> a Razor Naga. Not just forty k content on this podcast, people. You know, we're, <laughs> we're talking MMO mice now. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different board game. <laughs> Come for the forty k, stay for the peripherals advice. <laughs> <laughs> we're a broad, we're a broad church here on Ashes. <laughs> Equal opportunities, <laughs> or should I say, we're a broad place of worship. <laughs> Very inclusive of you. <laughs> um, so I had, I decided I'd get into forty k. Uh, I asked, you know, what, what's going to be the easiest thing to put together and paint? And the obvious answer was Space Marines um, because they're quite chunky. And especially with the Monopose stuff out of the Indomitus box, a lot of it goes together very easily. You've just started your hobby journey discussion and you started with Warhammer Fantasy. So yes. what was it that, given that your kind of your initial forays into the hobby were initially fantasy and then 40k what was it that got you into 40k now rather than its replacement age of sigma um mostly sulking because of my bretonians <laughs> <laughs> oh you're one of them uh, i mean you're five years too late but <laughs> but if you want to sulk about bretonians i can point you down in the, in the direction of many facebook groups <laughs> um uh, <laughs> I, I do actually have a book, the Lumineth Realm Lords box set, uh, awaiting assembly. So I am going to give it give it a whirl. Um, but yeah, initially it was I'll do forty k um, because I think you know putting space moves together is going gonna, is gonna to be easier than putting elves together. Um, but I'll be able to to uh, compare and contrast when I've finished um, putting the Indomitus uh, set together. And of course, we've got a million murder robots that need putting together as well. Um, so uh, we'll see. And I'm actually currently working on a, uh, a Mega Gargant, the Kraken Eater. Oh, they're fantastic models, aren't they? Uh, it's brilliant. I, uh, he's a chunky boy. Um, I, uh, I've just undercoated him. He's out in the garage drying at the moment. And he's going to be part of a diorama, which I've never done before. But I just looked at him and thought, this could be such a cool story. So I'm going to be trying to not only learn to paint this enormous thing, but um, make up a diorama. And um, I bought the Gloomtide uh, ship that comes in in two parts. And I've bought a Kraken from... um, another manufacturer because unfortunately games workshop don't make any krakens uh although the the charybdis is a is a fairly cool sea monster um i haven't looked at that that's i'm gonna write that down and, that's and the, have a look at that. oh as a as a dark elf fan i'd expect it's the it's the alternate make for the hydra so the dark oh, elf hydra yes. kit and it's the kind of sea creature one with the the funny heads yes i'm with you now um 
and the, so the uh, the the story <laughs> and I, so the the setting is like a, a a little cove with sea cliff and there's a house with a dock and jetty and this this ship was coming in to dock but got attacked by the kraken which attra- then a, a, attracted the attention of the kraken eater who's coming to investigate and i've got the little um the little peasant guy that's running away uh, with his hands up in the air. Johan? That, that's the chap. So he's running down the dock towards uh, the the rowboat. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I can't wait for all that to arrive. That's going to be so messy. Plaster of Paris everywhere. But... <laughs> well, the advantage of using a Charybdis versus a, a third-party uh, Kraken is that you could enter it onto uh, something like a, a Games Workshop competition, like a, an Armies on Parade or... Or some sort of store competition, or even Golden Demon, if you're uh, if your paintings <laughs> that way inclined. Uh, I th- I think that the, the Golden Demon might have to wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I can definitely do. Uh, what was what it? They call it battle ready, but um, yeah, Golden Demon perhaps not. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. No, fair enough. <laughs> so I, I guess that's a, something we could talk about. Is how how have you found hobbying with uh, with one limb? So initially, I got one of those little starter sets where they give you an ultramarine uh, and a a few tiny pots of paint. And I uh, started painting it and it was terrible. Oh, I should probably say the limb that I lost was my dominant limb. So I had to learn to paint with my wrong hand, which... Yeah, I mean, why do anything by halves? Eh? So I mean, if you're going to lose one, you might as well lose the, the the real one, right? Exactly. So I'd already taught myself to write with the wrong hand um, while I was doing my uh, first midlife crisis degree. But painting was just so weird. I had no spatial awareness of where the brush tip was and i i painted this ultramarine and it was absolutely shocking like you know a a toddler could have done better and i got so upset by how bad it was that i never even put his he he also is missing a limb because i just gave up on him and didn't put his right arm on but i've still got him his name's nigel and every time i feel like i've uh done a bad job bad paint job i look at nigel and i'm reassured that it's uh i I have actually progressed so it must have been must have been quite disheartening oh absolutely there were definitely tears involved because i i hadn't realized just how uh how hard it was going to be so i you know splodged this paint on looked at it thought this is terrible i'm never going to be able to do this put it all uh, back in its box cried a bit and then a couple of months later it was my birthday and my um, partner said do you want me to get you some warhammer stuff for your birthday maybe we can you know i'll help you put it together and we can try again effectively and i said oh okay um so i got a, a redemptor dreadnought uh some hell blasters and some intercessors and um thought what you know what chapter should i go and had <laughs> Had a quick look through the supplements and thought, well, it's obvious it's got to be Iron Hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, and were you were you aware of Iron Hands up uh, by that point? Were you aware of their kind of their um, only peripherally? Um, I mean, you know, obviously I knew about Ultramarines because everybody does, um, and I always thought that the Dark Angels were cool, and I like the White Scars because of the whole biker aspect. But I 
I knew from my previous hobbying experience that painting white is not my favorite experience of all. Uh, so when I so looked through the supplement and thought, well, painting black must be easier. Um, and, you know, a whole chapter of elective amputees uh, and me, you know, we obviously a match made in heaven. So that's why I chose Iron Hands. Um, and it turns out black isn't actually all that easy, but uh, never mind. I uh, decided that I wanted my, my Iron Hands to be a bit more metallic-y than, you know, just to differentiate them from Raven Guard and Death Watch and, you know, the other black um, armoured chapters. So I've done mine in Vallejo, black metallic. Um, oh, fantastic. And that's, oh, it's a gorgeous That's paint. very similar to what Fordrell did for their 30k Iron Hands. They, they mm. almost did a a kind of greeny black yeah it was with sort a metallic of oily sheen. Um, yeah it was it's really, really yeah, cool. you're right oil kind of that really weird greeny purple black yeah um yeah it was fantastic i've got a cup uh, for, for the blade guard um from the indomitus box they didn't really strike me as being iron handsy enough so i've got some of the forge world medusan immortal shields um to Ooh, swap on yes um, no they would look lovely uh just to sort of tie them in a bit more because i definitely want them in my army but you know they just didn't seem to fit really uh but with the shields they should so looking forward to putting them together um so yes yeah, so that's where i'm at the moment i've got i've got Five, nearly 5,000 points worth of Iron Hands. Then Indomitus turns up because I had to do it made to order. I wasn't quick enough off the mark to get a box from the shop. But obviously, me being me, wasn't patient enough to just wait. So because it was 120 days, they said it it would take to arrive. So I just bought the, the army I wanted anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even have an army list. I was just like, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. We all the things. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's a great <laughs> approach to the hobby in general. Um, <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this. I mean, technically, I can field a legal list, but I'm not sure it's going to be that good. I've also got, r randomly ended up with 40 intercessors, and I'm not entirely sure how, but, you know, there you go. Um, well, you can assemble them with different weapons, and it's a nice bit of variety. Yeah, you know, I can't choose between the stalker bolt rifle, the assault one, or the normal one, so I'll just have ten of each. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so my Indomitus Marines, uh, I don't actually really need for my Iron Hands, so I call them my spare Marines uh, because I like to make terrible jokes. Um, and they are going to be Guardians of the Covenant um who are a Dark Angels successor chapter. Excellent. So you must be excited for the uh, recently announced Dark Angels Codex supplement that's coming early next yes, year. Yes, absolutely. And this time I won't do what I did before where I bought the 8th edition rulebook and supplement and then um, like a month later, bam, 9th edition. <laughs> <laughs> How frustrating. I, why? <laughs> But never mind. It's and I suppose with with Dark Angels, you've also got the Ravenwing. Yes, yeah, more bikers. Which, uh, um, in, you know, get get those those biking references yeah. in there. Uh, I did send my dad a, a Facebook message. Say, Dad, I've got got some news. Uh, I've bought myself a new bike, 
and he was like what <laughs> <laughs> and then i sent the picture of the uh, pro- uh, of the chaplain on a bike <laughs> <laughs> excellent I, i'm sure he was incredibly understanding and patient with that oh absolutely uh you know i'm nearly 40 and, but he still threatened to strike me up one side and down the other if he catches me on a motorbike again <laughs> well the best thing about motorbikes is that it'd be very difficult for him to catch you so indeed indeed (laughs) so um how have you how have you adapted your physical approach to the hobby to cope with uh not only learning with uh to to paint with your non-dominant hand but also physically you know do do you use clamps or a prosthetic or anything like that uh yes i have a, a wide array of um aids i've got my prosthetic arm um which i mostly use if i'm doing stuff like cutting things off sprues um so so that i can hold the sprue um relatively steady i am actually i'm go, gonna go back to the prosthetics department and ask them for um a different attachment on the end um you that they have they have catalogs full of all the different kinds of you know grippy things you can have put on the the end and what i want is i want one that at the moment i've got sort of a, a a tweezery pincer kind of thing which is great for holding sprues etc but what i'd really like is uh like a like a more um uh more like a hand that can grip painting handles uh so i've got a couple of the red grass um painting handles i've also got some of the citadel ones um and i'd really like uh my prosthetic to be able to hold those um because at the moment my approach to painting is uh i've got some non-slip uh rubber matting and then i've got uh just a plastic palette the just the round type and then my trusty blue tack um which is uh absolutely vital never leave home without it um so when i'm the models put together i'm painting it i stick it onto the blue tack uh and then i can obviously reposition as i need to get to different bits um but being able to hold it in my finger quotes arm um, would be easier, I think. And I could bring the model closer to my eyes because I'm approaching approaching that age where my vision's not quite so good as it once was. Um, and there's a lot of tiny details um, on these models. Um, I've also got a thing called a snake clamp, which is pretty cool. It's a, a heavy round base with two long snaky uh sort of wiry um appendages tentacles almost oh, what, sort of with crocodile clips on the end yes exactly kind of like there was a a large painting handle games workshop did yeah um with something similar yeah so the the one uh the citadel painting handle that's got the assembly arms attached to it that's it the assembly handle yep i can um attach the crocodile clips to the uh to the assembly arms um and then obviously you know move it around because the arms are flexible uh so there's there's loads of different ways around um not being able to hold the model i mean obviously it would be a million times easier if i could just hold it and turn it you know upside down to get to the hard bits or you know rotate it as i wanted but there are ways to do it if you put the you know if, if you accept straight off the bat that it's not going to be as easy as it, as perhaps it could be so the painting is 
actually not that much of a drama um, apart from learning to do it with the wrong hand and that was just lots of practice and you know once I'd finished sulking and throwing my dummy about and actually sat down and and just went to it I found a great video uh, from JH Miniatures on the internet about how to paint iron hands using contrast paints and I watched that and I thought well that looks easy I could probably do that and I'll be honest I owe a lot of my progress to um, to that video uh, because it showed me that it was relatively simple the techniques were were pretty pretty easy it was just literally practice learning the brush control learning edge highlighting which is my um which i find the hardest thing to do if i'm honest is edge highlighting uh but i'll go it's just more practice more practice more practice and knowing when um knowing when you've reached that point where you've you've had enough and just you know putting things away and coming back to it fresh the next day because it is frustrating you know when I think back to doing my Bretonians you know this would have been a doddle an absolute breeze and sort of remembering how I used to be able to paint and contrasting it with how I'm painting now initially was very disheartening but I'm over over that bit now so um so I can can carry on progressing was there anything kind of specifically that helped you get over that that hump as it were that kind of emotional frustration and disappointment um stubbornness um helped uh i've always been um quite a stubborn individual and i've always hated being told you know you you can't do that or you know that's not for you i mean even outside of hobbying um with uh, baseball I started out on the kids team and then when I got to 16 and was too old to play for the kids I just started playing for the adult team which was a men's team because there weren't any women's teams back then so you know I, 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 and I held my own um, I played catcher you know I was as good as if not you know and better than some of the the men so you know I've always been really motivated as if someone says you can't do that or i i feel like i can't do it i'm motivated to find a way to do it also the help and assistance i have from my friends i've just come back up up to aberdeen after spending um four or five weeks down where i used to live with my best mate in cornwall and he's been very patiently putting together things like my repulsors um and impulses and my storm talent gunship and all the things that I would struggle to do myself um, just because I can't hold things or, uh, you know, like fiddly little things. Um, so thanks, Martin, if you're listening, <laughs> you, you've got the patience of a saint. And uh, yeah, so it, it was mostly that really. And as I said, when I was doing hobbying the first time round, um, which would have been oh, I don't know what nine ten years ago um there weren't as there wasn't such a breadth of resources available you know if you wanted to know how to paint your Bretonians you looked in the um it, you know in the army book and looked at how they how Games Workshop had painted them you couldn't jump on YouTube and find a million videos on on how to paint things or you know painting discords or instagram or 
you know any of the social media things that, that we've got now so that that really helped as well unlike so so my experience of the internet from the video gaming perspective is very different from my experience of the internet from the hobbying perspective because with the hobbying side everybody's been so helpful and kind and i was very wary about joining instagram and showing you know my painting off to to the world i was a bit apprehensive and thought people are just going to say you know oh that's terrible you're you know your edge highlighting's rubbish you can't blend etc etc but i couldn't have been more wrong everyone's been absolutely lovely and i've made some good friends through instagram and the other uh, social media things that i post on yeah i think that's one of the the best things about uh social media is the supportive community that you can find um sadly there is the the other side of social media which is the incredibly toxic elements uh out there but i think as long as uh, i certainly have taken a very proactive approach to twitter and uh and have you know actively muted a lot of words and, and people that i i just don't necessarily uh, want to engage with or want to engage with their narrative and i think if you if you focus on those bits then um yeah absolutely it could be an incredibly supportive community i think instagram is something that um we don't post stuff on enough as a podcast i think um probably because i don't finish a lot of my projects and i feel like <laughs> twitter's a better place for sharing uh, work in progress shots uh, whereas I feel like Instagram is probably better for finish shots. But I'll tell you what, I'll post it. It is, it is Monday and I'll, I'll, I might retake a picture of my Renegade Guard with a decent background and post it up for Miniature Monday today. <laughs> so how have you how have you found um, other hobbies, you know, things like computer gaming? Is that something that you've had to uh, do less of or have you found ways to adapt to that as well? Um, so there's a couple of things that I've done. Um, I have a thing called a 3D rudder. Uh, which is a disc um, that sits on the floor uh, and it's a footboard essentially so it tilts so you can map it to WASD the movement keys so when you want to move forward you just tilt your foot forward and your character runs forward and and so on. Unfortunately because of the other injuries that I had um, from my accident I find it very difficult to sit up at a a desk for um you know for a long time um so if and and a lot of our raids um in my guild don't start till eight and i'm usually dead by seven so um the uh the so just to explain the 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 most crippling thing about this injury isn't actually the fact that i'm missing an arm it's the it's the constant phantom pain that I get, which is a side effect of um, the brain not being able to cope with the signals it's getting from the nerves that have been destroyed um, on the spinal cord. Uh, so I'm constantly in in pain ever since I woke up in hospital. Um, and unfortunately, it's been uh, getting worse over the last few years. So I'm okay during the day, not usually but it gets much worse at night so i haven't been able to to raid properly for for a while because we just start too late and i can't concentrate by that point but i've got the mouse with a million buttons on which i was already using before my accident because it just makes gameplay so much faster and more more intuitive than having lots of keybinds um i have found that 
I tend because I have to move with my mouse now um, by holding the uh, the buttons down when I can't sit up at the desk uh, and use the the footboard. My play has suffered a lot because I can't do stuff on the move. Um, you know, I play healers usually, so I'm, I can't heal people when I'm running because I need both buttons of the mouse. Um, and I, it is frustrating because I, I do find myself playing at a much lower level than I know that I can. Um, you know, I see the fire coming. I know I need to get out of it, but my hand just doesn't do what I want it to do. <laughs> Or at least that's my excuse for dying in the fire anyway. <laughs> well, at least you've got an excuse, right? I wouldn't, so... Um, it sounds... It honestly sounds like you've you've got um, an incredibly, I guess, robust mental state to what's happened. It's, you know, after such a life-changing injury, it's amazing to hear you so kind of... I guess, yeah, make, you use the word stubborn. You're just... You're not going to let this get in the way of you doing the things that you love, you know, whether that's Warhammer or computer gaming. And I think that... It's just listen to you talk about the painting handles and, and the angles. It just it reminds me how I guess how privileged and lucky the majority of us are that we can just tilt a model, you know, a few degrees at a time as we move around the kind of the, the pouches and, you know, get under the weapon to paint the Aquila that's on the, the Space Marine's chest and things mm. like that. And you don't realize how much you use those tiny little movements. Yeah. Of, of your left arm and your hands whilst you're painting a model. I do end up painting a lot in sub-assemblies that most people probably wouldn't bother with. Um, so my intercessors, I paint the torso and legs and head together and then, then put the arms and backpack on because I can't reach the belt pouches and uh, aquilas, um, you know, to otherwise. Uh, so it does take me a little bit longer, but I get there in the end. And as a fellow Iron Hands fan, my my chapter of choice are Sons of Medusa, which are a uh, an ah. Iron Hands successor. Although I should say I'm not really an Iron Hands fan because we do consider ourselves the true Iron Hands chapter. Well, I mean, you say that, but <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool color scheme. Green's my favorite color by a country mile, um, and uh, I I did look at that and think, you know, that is a is a cool color scheme but i thought let's play it safe and start with black and <laughs> yeah, see no, how we get on that, that that does make sense my mine is extensive layers with an airbrush and some crazy green colors <laughs> so uh um uh, as you say yeah let's yeah, start 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 with small achievable steps that's uh baby steps baby steps <laughs> absolutely well heather it's it's been really fascinating listening to your story and i hope that um perhaps other hobbyists out there that might be listening that are you know dealing with uh, approaching the hobby in in a different way uh whether due to to physical or, or mental limitations uh, i see a lot of posts um from uh some gamers about kind of just wrist injuries and or shaking hands and things like that and i think you know fr from that all the way up to painting uh, with an amputee uh, painting as an amputee rather um so yeah an incredibly inspirational story and i i think that the thing that i've taken away the most of uh, from this is is your attitude to it and and how resilient you are and how you've taken this hobby that you that you used to, used to love and, and you're still loving it and just doing it in a slightly different way and i think that's that's a fantastic thing and to be able to see you know, to be featured on Warhammer TV, I guess, is, is testament to the fact that you've overcome that adversity. Um, yeah, to, absolutely. To, to such a standard that it's, um, you know, it's featured on Warhammer TV. I think there are there are two ways of coping with an accident like this. It is life changing. Either you give up and just, you know, just exist or you endure 
and find ways of doing things um, either in hobbies that you already did or take up, taking up new hobbies and just trying to remember that there is life after limb loss and that it is what it is I'm very pragmatic I mean once I had nerve surgery I had grafts taken out the back of my legs and put in uh, into my arm to try and sort of bridge the the gap of the of the two damaged nerves um, that were likely to take it didn't work um, and at that point I I requested an amputation you know I'm I'm very pragmatic it doesn't work it never will um, it gets in the way you know I burn it I trap it indoors just get rid of it and I lost two and a half kilos overnight which was pretty good um, still didn't get slimmer of the week though uh, but I'm not bitter um, so yeah it, you know you just find ways of approaching things differently or give up and that's that's not me so brilliant well thanks very much for joining us heather and if people wanted to find you on instagram or twitter how can they find you uh on twitter i'm at real iron hand um and on instagram i'm at the real iron hand with underscores between the words we will of course put uh, heather's tags in the episodes on the respective social media so if you find this episode on instagram and you want to find heather you can uh, find her through the, the episode post as well and if you want to know any more about my story about my accent etc etc um i do have a blog um at lifeafterlimb.co.uk uh, which has got more more details on so you, you're all more than welcome to go and, and have a look at that if you want to well fantastic thank you very much heather uh, for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing more of your iron hands uh, in the future. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Cheers.